Well, we are so happy that you're here. We want to welcome you and welcome those that are listening and checking out this service online later uh, as well. Today is Mission Sunday, and we're focusing on building God's kingdom. That's what missions is all about. We don't just uh, receive money and, and pray for missionaries because it's just something that we do or just because it's the first Sunday of the month. It's, it's all about building God's kingdom in our city. It's about building God's kingdom in our state, in this country, and around the world. And it's such an incredible opportunity that we get. It's fun to have the kids come in here, and they're working to, towards their goal. Our students and youth ministry are working towards missions and participating in missions. And we get to do it as well. And so this morning, I want to challenge you in regard to our missions giving as well. Romans 10, verse 13 through 15 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that an incredible promise? You and I have had that opportunity already today to do that. We've had that over the course of our lives. But it says this, it continues, the verse doesn't end there. It's good news, but it's, it's kind of a conditional good news because then how then will they call on the one whom they've not believed? And how can they believe in someone they've never heard? And how can they hear unless someone is preaching? And, and how can they preach unless they're sent as it's written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news and and missions is about building God's kingdom. It's about taking the good news into places where it doesn't normally go. It's awesome what God does here and the people that he draws here and that are saved here. But what God has called us to do is go into all the world and take the good news with us as we go. And all of us are called to do that. All of us participate in that. But there are missionaries that that's their career dedication, their calling that God has placed on their lives and they go out into the marketplace and they're serving and they're building churches and they're working in hospitals and they're serving in compassionate ministries. There's missionaries that are serving in the Ukraine today that are doing compassionate ministry and sharing the good news of Christ in a tangible way. And what an incredible thing that is that we get to partner with. And so I want to encourage you today in our giving, not only in our tithes and our offering that helps us to do what God's called us to do in this community, but also if you would give towards missions as well. And uh, it's, about, it's about sharing the gospel in places that have never heard. And we're blessed as a country with so many things. And one of the greatest things that we're blessed with in our country is the access to the gospel. And yet still there's people in places that are not being reached with the gospel, even within our country. And how much more so around the world. When you give to missionaries, you're supporting missions projects in our own town like Chi Alpha that serves on the University of Wyoming. And we're going to pray for them today because uh, the school's starting in just a few days and already students are coming back on campus and, and all that kind of stuff. And there's an incredible mission field right here in our community of the University of Wyoming people that are being reached with the gospel. There's missionaries in our country, as well as missionaries in countries of need around the world. And we also support missions organizations, such as Convoy of Hope, that is working in the Ukraine and doing incredible things there. And Project Rescue, that's working in India with the sex trafficking uh, industry there. And so we're just believing that God's going to use all of these things. And when we give, when we give $5 as a family, or $10 as a family, or $25 a month as a family, we're not just giving that and, and just saying, well, it's, it's two missions. We're giving to build God's kingdom around the world through what our missionaries are doing. We get to partner with them. It's investing into good soil and to an eternal harvest. And so let's pray today for those missionaries that are serving and specifically for uh, Derek and Sonia and the University of Wyoming and as they're going to be uh, beginning school here shortly. So God, we thank you so much that we get to be a part Lord, we, we do not ever want to be a church that's inward focused, that's solely focused on our wants and our desires and the things that, 
that we are interested in, but Lord, we want to be passionate about the, th- the heart of God, which is for lost people to experience and hear the good news of Jesus Christ and experience you as their Lord and Savior and to, to have access to the power that we've talked about today, the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you that we get to partner with that in building God's kingdom through missions. And Lord, it happens when we go, it happens when we give, it happens when we share. But Lord, this morning, specifically, we pray for the, the, the missionaries that are working on, on college campuses around this country, specifically Derek and Sonia and the University of Wyoming and the Kaiafa here in this community that you would give them favor, you'd give them inroads to the campus, Lord, that there would be an incredible harvest uh, from the campus over the course of this coming year, that you would cause there to be relationships built with with the team of of Chi Alpha and with you, and and that they would give give creative ideas to their leadership in reaching this campus. And we thank you that we get to partner and be a part. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So thank you for giving and thank you for being a part. There's some different ways that you can give. We'll throw those up on the screen here. And then also at the conclusion of the service, we have three offering drop boxes. As you're headed out the door, if you'd like to give in that way, you can do that. If you, if you want a portion of, of your offering to go towards missions today, you can mark that on the envelope or through your online giving. And we appreciate you doing that. We know that God is blessing us, but he's blessed us also to be a blessing through us. And we get to do that when we give. It's good to have you in God's house. We already welcomed our team. We're so glad that they're here and pray for them over the course of this week. They've already been working in Laramie. They'll do some more. They're going to be headed to Lander this week and working with Orchards Church, one of our sister churches in Lander. There's a church plant there. They'll be on the Wind River Reservation, and God's going to use them in incredible ways. He already has. He already is using them and continue to pray for them. Another thing we want to mention today is that Austin's been interning with us over the course of the summer, and he's actually running our media today, doing an incredible job over there. And this is his last Sunday. He's been a blessing to our church and our youth ministry, but he's going to be heading back to Trinity Bible College. And we're so appreciative of so many ways that he served primarily in our youth ministry, but even beyond that. And we just want to give you an opportunity to show your appreciation. So would you put your hands together and thank Austin for all that he's done and how he served. At the conclusion of service, Pastor Brian's going to share with you a couple things that we're going to do. If you want to give an offering to him, you can do that. If our youth are coming tonight to youth ministry, Austin's going to be preaching in youth group tonight. You can bring a card or a note or a gift card or whatever it is you want to do and, uh, and bless him. But we've got a table set up over here and Pastor Brian will tell you more about what we're going to do at the conclusion of service for him today. And then we want to make you aware that next Sunday is Celebration Sunday. Yeah. I said, next Sunday is Celebration Sunday. There you go. We don't have to save it all for next Sunday. We can get excited. We had baptisms last Sunday, and if you were able to make it out to Kirk Gowdy with us, it was an incredible time. We had people baptized in the lake, and it was awesome. Normally, that's a part of Celebration Sunday, but when, it's, when the lake's not a glacier, we can do it there and not die. And so we did that, and it was pretty awesome. Um, but we're going to have our full Celebration Sunday next Sunday, and we're giving you an opportunity to be aware of it, because if you would like to be baptized, and you didn't make it last week, and you want to be baptized here in the hot tub, we can do that next Sunday. If you uh, have been attending New Life for a while, and you say, you know what? I'm ready to take the next step and become a member of this church. And and we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like today uh, in the message. But if you'd like to do that, you can. If you have a child that you haven't dedicated to the Lord and you say, you know what? I just want to pray a blessing over this child and dedicate them to the Lord. 
and as a church commit, and as a family commit to raising that child in the way of the Lord, then we're going to do all of those things next Sunday. It's going to be an incredible day, and we hope that you'll be here and be a part of it. In addition, we have some extra things that we do. We're going to recognize some, uh, some volunteers that have served uh, so incredibly over the course of the last several months. It's our back-to-school giveaway, so we're going to hear about the exciting thing that has happened with, uh, with all the backpacks that are being purchased and the school supplies and all those kinds of things. And then next Sunday evening, we're going to be doing the back-to-school giveaway, and you'll have an opportunity to sign up for that through the QR code online or through the website, however you'd like to do it. We would love for you. We need about 50 volunteers next Sunday so that we can do the back-to-school giveaway. We're giving away 200 pairs of shoes. Uh, 200 backpacks, school supplies. We're going to be cranking out hot dogs on the grill, all kinds of stuff, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. This is a, a tangible expression of love for our community. We want to be a church that gives more back to our community than what we ask for our community, and this is a big way that we do it. So thanks for being here and, uh, and being a part of that as well. So we're going to dig right into the sermon today, and today I want to talk to you about the idea of belonging. And I like to preach a message on belonging a couple times a year because I believe that God created each and every one of us to belong. He created us to belong, and I want to talk to you um, about who you belong to and where you belong. And this can be a challenging message for pastors to preach, because it can seem oftentimes like it's a message. It's almost like a message on giving. You, you preach it, and there's people that think, well, you're just preaching this for the benefit of the church, or you're preaching this with selfish motives. Uh, but I want you to know today that I'm preaching this message today way more for your benefit than it is for my benefit or for the benefit of this church. When you come to a place of understanding that God created you to belong and who he created you to belong to and where he created you to belong, it is, it is something incredible for your personal life. And so today I want you to know that this is more for your benefit than it is for mine. I preach this message at the risk of you questioning my motives, but I'm telling you right from the front, if you'll embrace this and dig into this, it'll be, it'll be something incredible that God does in your life. And so this is a challenging message to preach, but it's also an important message because we, the church, we have a job to do. It doesn't matter what our lives consist of. It doesn't matter what our careers are. It doesn't matter um, the other things that we get involved in and the things that we do. There's nothing greater that we get to be a part of than when we build God's kingdom. And that's what belonging is all about. It's about building God's kingdom. It's about God's kingdom being built in your personal life. It's about God's kingdom being built in your family. It's about God's kingdom being built in this church and in this community and everywhere that we go. And that's why this team is here with us from Minnesota today. That's why they came all this way. They raised uh, money. They spent time. They're investing in our church and our community. Why? Because it's building God's kingdom, not our kingdoms. Amen. And that's what happens when we belong to something bigger than ourselves. All of a sudden, we get a vision for something that's bigger than ourselves. We get a vision for something that's not inward focused. It doesn't just benefit us. It's not just about who can build the biggest bank account and reach the highest score, and then we die, and that's it. Till someone else takes our place. There's so much more that God has for our lives. Belonging is by God's design, and it's beautiful for us to belong. I love this idea of belonging. I can preach about it all the time. There's a reason that all of our branding here at this church says you belong here. Because that's what we want people to experience. That's what we want them to know. And it's not just the heart of New Life Church for people to belong, but it's the heart of God for people to belong. 
I love, I love this idea. Not only uh, we, do we want people to mindlessly just believe and, and fall in line and do what we want to do. It's, it's not about that at all. We want people to come to a place of belief and come to a place of belonging and come to a place of being a part of all that God has for their lives. And so God doesn't want you wandering aimlessly alone. He doesn't want you isolated and vulnerable. He doesn't want uh, to, to leave us to make it happen by ourselves or to figure it out by ourselves. God gave us a place to belong. God wants you to know you're welcome. There's a seat for you at the table. He didn't just save you, but he included you as a purpose for your life. In our world, there's a lot of hurting and confused people that are searching. They have a sense of, uh, uh, they have no sense of belonging in their life. There are even people out there that they know God, but they don't have a place of belonging. They're homeless Christians. They're vulnerable and at risk. And that's what the enemy wants for our lives. He would love for us to be homeless Christians. He would love for us to be Lone Ranger Christians and just say, you know what? I have a faith and I'm going to work it out by myself and I don't need anybody else. And I can I can do this. But God's plan for his children is in homelessness. He has a plan. He has a place of belonging for every orphan, every widow, for the isolated, for the foreigner, for the person who doesn't think they're good enough. God wants us all to belong. He wants us in community. He wants us in accountability. He wants us with a covering. He wants us with protection. Christianity is not a single player game. This last week, I got to be in Orlando, Florida for a couple days and some of our students were at National Fine Arts and doing an incredible job. Anson did his drum solo that we kicked off service with last week, and he did an amazing job. Faith did her stand-up comedy, did an incredible job. We got to see and be a part of that and hang out with those students. And one of the nights, Pastor Brian and I, we took the students out to Dave & Buster's, and the four of us, we got on the Daytona Beach race car uh, game, all four of us. Separate machines, separate cars, but we're all driving in the, in the same race. And it's really cool how that's networked and it's all, it's all together. Pretty amazing. I didn't win, but that's okay. Um, but it was really neat for all of us to be racing and seeing it on our own screen and going. And um, I probably would have died if it was actual race, to be honest with you, from how I did. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. I flipped my car several times. So if that was the goal, then, then uh, I got a pretty high score on that. But... Um, <laughs> Many people today, they can get on a video game system in their bedroom. They can connect with gamers all over the world. There's, there's, there's places like Dave & Buster's where there's systems that are networked. And, and it's come a long way from just having like a little game of Snake on your Nokia cell phone. How many of y'all remember that? You had, you had that game on your cell phone. That was a video game. And that can be entertained for hours while you're sitting there at the doctor's office. You're just like playing Snake. And, uh, and so video games have come a long way. But... Christianity is not a single player game. It's something that you believe. It's something that you belong to. It's something that you're a part of. And there's many different components of faith that can't happen in isolation. And just like it's a pretty lame game on your Nokia cell phone to be playing Snake in comparison to what it is to connect up to a networked game and play with people or play with people in different cities and different countries. Austin has a, a virtual reality uh, set of uh, glasses or whatever. He can get out and watch movies with people that are in other cities. It's pretty cool the things that can happen. And that's God's desire for us. He wants to unlock something that's so completely superior than, to, than an isolated way of living in our lives and through our faith by connecting you to a place where you belong. There's so many different components of our faith that can't happen in isolation. They can't happen by watching a video on YouTube. They can't happen by just simply watching Joel Osteen on TV. You can't belong to YouTube. Your church isn't on TV. There may be a good message that's on there that can encourage you, that can build you, but I want you to know that that's a poor substitute 
for a church. It's a poor substitute for a place of belonging in your life. And the enemy wants to try to deceive you that I'm enough by myself. And I want you to know today that God has so much more for you than living in isolation. Praise God for technology. Praise God for those things that he uses to change lives and reach people. But belonging is a necessary part by God's design. We need each other. We can't do church alone. We're better together. We're stronger together. We're built up where we belong. And that makes hell tremble when we come together and when we unite our faith and we go after all that God has for us. It wasn't that long ago that we weren't able to gather together and worship. And just I remember the emotions of people the first time they came back to church and the first time they were able to engage in worship and they were able to come together. And what a feeling that was, but how quickly we forget. And we willingly put ourselves back into isolation. We willingly go back to a place that's not good for us. It's so important for us to belong and it's important for us as a church to be a place where people can and want to belong. What kind of parents would someone be if they had a child and they welcome that child into the world, but they say, I'm not going to let you know where I live. Welcome to planet Earth. But you don't get the address where your mom and, and I hang out because we kind of like that it's, that it's actually just us. So I know we brought you into the world and we don't mind if you want to use our last name occasionally. But we don't want you to know where we live because we don't want you to come home and, and need dinner and make demands on us. And we just like the thought that somebody out there, somewhere out there, there's a child that's some way connected to us. What kind of parenting would that be? That would be some kind of terrible parenting. And as a pastor, I said, I love Jesus, I love God, but there, there's no place of belonging. And if it's a church, we say we want people to, to hear a good message about Jesus, but there's not anything else. There's not a family. There's no connection. There's no accountability. There's no community. That's not going to work. There's more than that that God desires for us. And that's not the kind of church that we want to be that says, hey, you need to know about Jesus, but you're on your own because we don't want we kind of like the people that we've got. We've got just enough chairs. And if, we, if more people come, we're going to have to buy more chairs. We're going to have to build a bigger building. We're going to have to figure out all these problems that are going to come up because it's kind of nice just having the amount of people that we have and having the time to be able to talk to my friends and be able to sit with them. And man, when it's packed in here, I have to, I have to get here on time to find a seat. Otherwise, I got to sit in hard metal chairs in the back. Well, man, that's just terrible, isn't it? But this whole, this whole community thing, this whole belonging thing, this whole community of faith, it's about more than just us. God hasn't placed you here just for you to be comfortable, just for you to be happy, just for things to be exactly the way we want them. But it's, it's about more than just us. It's about making a difference in the world around us. This community matters to God. You matter to God. Every single one of you matter to God. But this is not it. This is not all that God is concerned with. And if this is the entirety of our focus, then we're missing the heart of God. God cares about the people of this community, not just the ones that love him, not just the ones that have professed faith in him. He cares about the people of this community. And if we're going after the heart of God, it's a place of belonging for people that have yet to believe and yet to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Have you ever put your name on something? You ever, you ever had something that you cared enough about that you wrote your name inside of it? Maybe you had a jersey and on the tag of that jersey, you wrote your name on that jersey because you wanted eventually to come back to you. Or even something as simple as writing your name on a cup. 
that's my cup and I don't have to get three cups today. If I write my name on my cup, I can use that cup again. Or you write your name on the inside of a book because you might loan that book to someone. You want them hopefully to open it up and remember, hey, this is Pastor Aaron's book. I'm not supposed to keep this forever. I'm supposed to take it back to him. It's never going to happen, but it might if you write your name on the inside of it. Or maybe you took one of those luggage tags and you, you wrote your name and information and you attached it to a suitcase because you're going to fly and who knows where that bag is going to end up. You know, seems like it's a pretty easy flight from Laramie to Denver, but it might end up in Scott's Bluff. You never know what would happen in that bag. So you write your name on it because, because you want people to know that something belongs to you and you do it with things that matter. Those luggage tags, they often have two lines. There's a place to write who this suitcase belongs to. And you write your name there. And you write, this, this suitcase belongs to Autumn Tarango. Autumn Tarango would like to have it back. She hopefully is going to get it back when she reaches her destination. But this is who it belongs to. And the first part is good. But if you just were to write your name on that first line, Autumn, that bag could end up in, in Chicago. And, and it's going to be hard for you to believe. But nobody in Chicago knows who Autumn Tarango is. I don't think anybody knows. And so if you just have that part there, it's insufficient information. But underneath that is the part where you, can, where you can write the additional information. You can write not only who that bag belongs to, but where that bag belongs. And it won't get back to you unless you write a name and a place. If you just do one, it's not going to get there. So today I want to talk to you about the luggage tag of your life. And I want to talk to you about the two important parts of belonging, which is who you belong to and where you belong. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15, verse 16 through 19, we're going to be there in just a few minutes. We're going to start with that first blank on the luggage tag of your life today, which is who you belong to. Who do you belong to? My name is Matthew Baumgartner. So, so I guess I belong to Melanie Baumgartner. My kids are John Mark and Faith, and they belong to the Baumgartner family. And on one level, yes, but I want to take you to where your true belonging is because there's something so much more significant than just your family name or legacy. There's a purpose for your life. There's a reason that you were created. At the end of the day, there's something that matters more than who you are, and it's whose you are. Because before any of the other stuff in your life, you belong to God. And if you lived your life in the light of that one truth, it would change everything for you. If if today we just stopped at that, that you belong to God, and if you really grasp that and you began to live your life in that way, that I belong to God, my life is his, I want to bring glory to him, I want to listen to his voice, and, and when I go to work, I want to just not fulfill my job in a great way with excellence, but I want to do what God would have me to do in that place, and when I go to school, I not only want to make good enough grades to not be in school for the rest of my life, but I want to use that time and be sensitive to the direction of God for his glory and for his purpose. And I understand that my life has a purpose that's bigger than just myself because I belong to God. And if you grasp that today, it would change everything in your life. I belong to God. So God's got me. I belong to God. So he's planning good things for me. I belong to God. So I don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. I belong to God. So I don't have to live my life intimidated. I belong to God. So I have no reason to feel like I'm an outsider in every area of my life because I belong to God. So I don't have to try to fit into this or to fit into that or worry about who likes me and who doesn't like me and trying to impress people. I belong to God. And that's an important truth for our lives. I've had moments as a parent where I've questioned and I've second-guessed if the decisions that I've made were best for my family. What if I had done this differently? What if I, what if I did this because it negatively 
impacts my kids? Or what if I hadn't done this? Would it have been better for my kids? Or even just moments of looking around the world that we live in and thinking this is a crazy world for kids to grow up in. And it's in those moments that God has reminded me that as much as I want to guard and protect and shelter my kids, and I want them to, I want things to go perfect. Who doesn't want a perfect scenario and situation for their kids? God's had to remind me that those kids, first and foremost, they don't belong to me, they belong to him. And God's entrusted those kids to me for care. He's entrusted them to me to be responsible for them. And I've committed myself to raising them and to, to, to leading them in a way of the Lord and to trying to set a good example for them in their lives. But ultimately, those kids belong to God. And so when they're at school and I'm worried about, man, there's crazy things that are happening in schools today in our world. And what if one of those things were to happen in a school that my kid is in? Or what if they, they go through something that I would rather them not experience? God just reminded me those kids belong to to me. And when, when you worry that you're not enough and that you haven't given them not enough, that you haven't done enough, that, that you wish that you could do more, God reminds you that they belong to him. And when there's difficult days and you say, man, maybe I blew it, maybe I messed up, and maybe you did, God reminds you, you know what? I've entrusted those kids to you, but ultimately they belong to me. That's an amazing thought that your kids belong to God before they ever belong to you. So if you found John 15, verse 16 through 19, it says this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love one another. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own, as it is. You do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. There's someone that you belong to, and it's not just the pattern of this world. It's not just the ways of this world. You belong to God. Some of you are frustrated and you're wondering why you don't fit into the world, why you you seem like you're so different. And the truth is, is you you don't belong to the world. You belong to God. So while we're in the world and while we go to school in the world and while we work in the world and while we do business in the world, we don't forget that we don't belong to the world and the ways of this world are not what governs our lives. You don't belong to your job. Someone needs to know today that you don't belong to your school and you don't belong to a company. You don't belong to the college. You don't belong to your boss, but you belong to God. That changes your way of thinking and it changes your priorities. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to do my best as unto the Lord when I go to school. And that doesn't mean that I don't want to do the best when I go to work as unto the Lord and honor him in those places as well, because we do. But it means that ultimately when it comes down to it, I belong to the Lord. And that changes my way of thinking. It changes my priorities. The boss may say that I've got to do this, but I belong to God. So there's that. So when it comes down to it, if I have to choose between the way of my boss or the way of my company or the way of the culture or the way of the Lord, I belong to God. So I know what way I'm going to choose. And whatever that means for my life, that's what it means. My classmates may do certain things, but I belong to God. Society has their own values and the things that they say is right and acceptable and and okay for their lives. But I belong to God. So my life is not governed by those things. If you've ever felt like an outsider that you don't fit in, God knew that you would have moments like that. And when you belong to God, listen to what he says to you in Isaiah chapter 56, verse three through five. This is from the message version. I love the way that this reads. It says, make sure. No outsider who now follows God ever has occasion to say, God put me in second class. 
I don't really belong. Make sure no physically mutilated person is ever made to think I'm damaged goods. I don't really belong. For God says to the mutilated, to the outcast, to the person who's, who's not acceptable, who keep my Sabbath, who choose what delights in me, who keep a firm grip on my covenant, I'll provide them an honored place in my family and within my city, even more honored than that of sons and daughters. I'll confer permanent honors on them that will never be revoked. God doesn't put us in second place when we belong to him. He saves a seat for us at the table and he welcomes us in. Regardless of what society may think about us, regardless of what, uh, how, how much you feel like you fit in or you don't fit in with other people, even when you feel like you're, you're an outcast, you're damaged goods, you're not up to everybody else's standards, God wants you to know that you belong. That's good news, and most of us are willing to accept that because it's a really good deal. It's a really good deal for us that if you have a bad father, that you have a good father. If you feel like you're not loved, that you really are loved, that you can trade what may be a bad name that you've inherited for the greatest name is your heritage, that belonging to God is not not something that we struggle with that much because it's good news for our lives. It's a good deal for us. But the second line on the luggage tag sometimes is the one that we struggle with. Not only who you belong to, but a place where you belong. If you're going to fill out that luggage tag in a way that if that bag were to get lost, it would get back to you. You're going to have to have a place where, where that bag belongs on there. There's going to have to be a, a method of contact. There's going to have to be an address, a phone number, something that will help people to find out where that bag really is supposed to go. And God's design for us is not only that we would have a, a who we belong to in our relationship with him, but we would also have a place where we belong in our lives that keeps us grounded in him as well. So you need to find the where you belong and you need to fill that out on your luggage tag so that there's not just a who, but there's a where. And there may be some of you today that you're praying for God to do things in your life. And it's not that God is withholding those things from you. It's that there's no fixed address in your life for those things. God can't send the wisdom to you that he wants to send to you through other mature believers because you're not in the house. You're not, you're not where he's moving and where he's speaking. He can't bring those people to you because you're not there. You're not experiencing, experiencing the things that want, God wants to get into your life because you're not in a place where he wants you to be to receive those things in your life. There's certain packages that can't be delivered to a P.O. box. There are certain packages that have to have a home address on them for them to get there to where God wants them to be. And God wants to send you those things, but you need to be in the place where you belong in order for you to receive them. My spiritual luggage tag says that I belong to God. I have a place that I belong and that's New Life Assembly of God. And that's where I'm raising my family and that's where my covering is and that's where my accountability is and that's where I serve and that's where I give and that's a place of correction and it's a place of encouragement. It's a place when I'm down that I can be built up. That's the place where I belong. Not just Pastor Matt making up things for his own benefit here. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 says it this way. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home and he's using all of us irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. You're a part of something that God is building. God wants to use you. He's bringing you to a place of belonging. We have a home. We have a place that we belong. God is using every single one of us, and we have a part to play in that. Why is it so important? 
Because without a home, there's no sense of belonging. There's no identity. There's no putting your roots down. There's not the safety that comes in community. There's valuable character that's built in our lives through accountability. There's purpose in our lives as we come together and serve others. There's something powerful that happens when we pray together, when we worship together, when we serve together, when we go out and we live for Christ together. The Bible tells us that there's strength in numbers. There's something that happens in the spiritual when we come together. Is there power in prayer when you pray in your house by yourself? Absolutely. But the Bible tells us when we come together and when we join our faith and when we ask together, believing in Jesus' name, there's more power in that. There's something that happens when we have a place to belong. And there's no such thing as perfect churches. In order to have a perfect church, you'd have to have perfect leaders. And I want you to know that I don't qualify today. There would, be, there, would, there would have to be perfect church members for there to be perfect churches. And I want you to know that none of us qualify as that today. There's no way for us to have a perfect church. But there's also no scripture that says if your church isn't perfect, then just gather your things and go home and stay there. And if you don't like what's said, then you can just be exempt from going to church. And if it's not your vibe, then you can just check out. Instead, God says you need to go and you need to plant yourself. God gives you a place where you belong. And sometimes he moves people, but more often he plants them. And he doesn't ever send them out homeless because that's not God's desire for your life. God wants you to belong. New Life Church will never be a perfect church, but it's a church that strives to love God and to love people and to make a difference in our world. It's a church where people of every background with different shades of skin and different walks of life can belong. It's a place where everyone is welcome and we want you to belong, but it's not just you and me. We want people to be able to belong to God and to belong to a place of home. Next Sunday, Celebration Sunday, we're welcoming new members and we would love for you to take that step. And we, we, but don't do it with some kind of starstruck expectation that everything is going to be perfect because everything won't always be perfect. And don't do it with some kind of idea that no one's ever going to hurt your feelings or that everyone will always agree with you 100% of, of the time with everything that you say or do because that's not real life. I won't agree with myself and things that I say today, tomorrow. It's just not the way that it works. That, that doesn't happen. But there's a conscious choice of this is where I belong. And this is where I'm planted. And I'm going to make this home. And I'm going to love. And I'm going to be vulnerable. And I'm going to choose to not be easily offended. And I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to forgive other people. And I'm going to serve. And I'm going to come alongside. And sometimes there's going to be people that maybe in no other situation in life would I ever sit next to them. But I sit next to them on Sunday. Because Jesus brings together and bridges a gap that nothing else in our world would bridge and because we have a common goal and we have a common purpose and we have a common home and we're building a home God's building a home with all of us and this is a reflection of what heaven's going to look like maybe your friends look like you they talk like you they work in the same places that you work and that would be who you would normally hang out with but at church there's people that look different and talk different and they, they have different values and different ideas well guess what that's what heaven's going to look like it's not going to look like the image in your mirror It's going to be a diverse people of every tribe and tongue and nation that worship the king and that come together. And that's what we want our church to reflect. You are created to belong. And then let me tell you, if this is not the place that you feel like you can belong, if new life is not the church for you, then find a church. 
find a home. This community is full of some great ones. There's some amazing places that can be a home. There's some amazing places that you can find community and you can find accountability and you can find covering and that you can be built up in your faith. And so as much as I would love for every person in the entire world to call New Life Church home, it's not real life. Find a place that can be your home. Find a community. Find a place of belonging. Find a place where you can be planted. You weren't created to belong nowhere. There's something that happens to us in the place that we belong. When you were a kid and you went to visit and spend the night at someone else's house, probably your parents had a conversation with you before you left to go over to someone else's house or even when your whole family was going to go have dinner at someone else's house. What would that conversation look like? Your parents would tell you that you need to be on your best behavior, right? That you need to mind your manners, right? That you need to eat everything that's on your plate, even if at home you would ditch those things in the trash can. There's a different way of acting. There's a different way of, of, uh, of behaving. You'd be on your best behavior. You'd mind your manners. You'd eat what's put in front of you. Maybe there's a, another set of rules that your parents would have and they would tell you. Um, when you're in a place where you belong, you know the things that are expected. You know how things work. But when you're not in the place you belong, you're on visitation rules because you're not where you belong. So your behavior changes. And let me just tell you some things about the behavior that happens when you're in a place that, that you belong. When you're in a place that you belong, you're needed and you're known. If you've been coming to New Life Church for more than just three or four weeks and you feel like a stranger here, then you have to point fingers and, and, and say that this is not a friendly church or, or you can't take a step in, deeper into belonging. At some point, you're going to have to look and say, hey, I want to be connected here. I'm going to plant here. I'm going to stop being a visiting, visiting stranger and I want to start being known. I want to start connecting with people. I want to start building relationships with people. We want to be a friendly church, but it's a two-way street of being a friendly church. You have to, to come to a place of planting roots and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to connect. I'm going to talk to someone. I'm going to hang around for a few minutes after service. I'm going to make a friend. I'm going to share what God's doing in my life with someone. I'm going to come to a life group. I'm going to come to a prayer night. I'm going to come to a church meal, and I'm going to sit down at a table of people that I don't know, and I'm going to get to know them because I want to get to know people here. I don't want to be a stranger. I want to be needed and known. And in a place where you belong, you're needed and known. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 tells us just as a body, though one has many parts, but all of its parts form one body, so it is in Christ. We were all baptized by one spirit as those to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we were given to one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is made up not of one part, but of many now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the, the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed in the body the parts of the body, every single one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be as it is? There are many parts, but there's one body. Yep. You're a part of the body. You're needed. You're known. You may not have the same function. You may not have the same purpose. You may not be just a copy cut of the other person that's around you, but you're needed and you're known and you complement the body when you come together. You're needed and known when you belong. What would you do if you came to your kitchen at home and there was a random stranger sitting at your table eating your food and just as they saw you, they took off out your door? 
Like you wake up in the morning, you come down to your kitchen in your pajamas and there's a stranger eating your cereal in your house and they see you and they split before you can say a word to them. What would you do? You'd say, hey, who are you? What are you doing? You can't come in my house and open my refrigerator and eat all my food without even saying hello. You know, I'm happy to make you breakfast, but I need to know who you are. In the same way, you don't come to God's house and, and feast at his table and then run away without being known. God wants you to belong in the place where you belong. You're needed and you're known. In the place where you belong, you unpack your suitcase. When you're at home, you use the closet and the drawer and you don't just open up a suitcase and pull out whatever's there and, and put it back in there. And some of you, you need to unpack your life. Some of you need to unpack your dreams here at New Life or whatever place it is that you're going to set up roots and you're going to belong. Some of you, you need to unpack your vulnerabilities. You need to unpack your anxieties. You need to become more transparent. You're unpacking because your plan is to stay a while and not to run away at the first sign of difficulty. And when you, when you unpack, you're not just visiting. Some of you have maybe gone on some trips. You stayed with family and maybe you stayed for a day. Maybe you stay one night or three days or a week, but you lived out of that suitcase. And maybe you unpacked a few things, but you didn't really settle in. But when you really unpack, when you unpack and put things away, it's because you're not visiting, you're planning to stay. And you need to come to a place of belonging where you unpack your suitcase and you stay for a while. When you're in the place you belong, you participate and you contribute. When you're in your house, you do things for the overall good because it's your house and your family. In a hotel, you may report damage that happens so that someone else can deal with it. But in your house, you take care of it. Why? Because you don't want the door handle broken in your house. Some wives are elbowing their husbands. Yeah, we don't want the door handle broken in our house. You don't want the toilet paper to run out of your house. You, you, you want to see a need and you want to fill it. You want to fix it. You want to see something broken. And you say, I can fix that. You invest in the things that you care about. When you're in the place you belong, you participate and you contribute. When you're in the place you belong, there's an attitude of belonging. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 18 says, Now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your own part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them up to their feet. Be patient with each other, attentive to individual needs. Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, because you will, don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way that God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. There's a place of belonging. There's a person that you belong to and there's a place that you belong and there's an attitude, a set of attitudes that comes to a place of belonging. And it's my hope today that you'll walk away from this service knowing who you belong to and where you belong. And if you're in a place in life today where you say, I don't really know who I belong to because the reality is the way I've been living my life. I've been just trying to fit in everywhere. And that's not God's desire for you. He wants you to be confident in whose you are in him. 
And today, if you're in a place where you say, you know, I don't really have a place where I belong, I don't really have a place where I've, I've set up shop, where I've unpacked my suitcase, where I've adopted the attitudes of, of belonging, where I've come to a place of participation and contribution, then why not do that today? Why not find a place of belonging? Why not find a place of community and accountability, a place where you can let your guard down and take off the mask? I don't know how many of you wore masks everywhere you went. You wore masks at work. You wore masks somewhere. And there's something about coming into your own house and being able to walk in and close the door and take off a mask and breathe. And God wants you to have a place where you belong, that you can take off this, this mask, not necessarily the COVID mask, but just the mask of life that we keep up everywhere we go and just have a place where we come home and say, I belong. I can breathe. I can be who I am. I can be who God created me to be. And this is bigger than just, do you want to become a member of New Life Church next week? Hear my heart in that. This is not just because celebration service is coming up and we want you to be a part. Yes, do we want you to connect and, and be a part? Yes, absolutely. That's great. If you want to do that, you can fill out a connection card and do that. Let's talk about it. But this is bigger than that in your life. Listen to me as I tell you, this is not about you signing up for something. This is bigger and more important in your life than that. This is about when the enemy tries to convince you that you don't belong, that you know that you belong to God and there's a place where you belong. This is about when you're trying to find your purpose and your calling and your place of service and ministry, that you have a place where you belong. This is about when you're facing a battle that's bigger than you and you have a place where you belong and you're needed and you're known, that people will come alongside of you and they'll pray for you and they'll fight for you. This is about a place where you can be planted and raise a family and grow in your relationship with God and others. And I wish that I could do, do it for you. I wish that I could just say, boom, snap my fingers and you belong. You have a place of belonging and you have a best friend and you have a place to serve and you have a ministry and all these things. I wish that I could do that for you, but I can't. You have to come to a place of belonging. You have to choose to belong, which means that you have to show up, which means that you have to unpack, which means that you have to participate, means that you have to contribute. Maybe you sign up to be a part of a team. Maybe you sign up to greet people at the door and you smile and you say, I can do that. I can't be on the worship team. I know I can't work with kids, but I can smile and I can open a door. I can help make coffee. I can help greet people, whatever it is that, that I can do, I'm willing to do. Maybe it's that you, you come and you be a part of, of something like a back to school giveaway, but this is not just about signing up. It's about an attitude of belonging that says, I have a place. I have a purpose. I have a reason. I'm useful for God's kingdom. I'm making a difference in the world and my life matters more than just for me. My life matters. Not just for the benefit of New Life Church, but also for your benefit. Come on, let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you that you created us in such a way that inside of us, there's a longing for belonging. And so many times we look around for the different things that we can belong to, the different things that we can identify with, the different things that we can attach our names to. When all in all reality, you created us for a relationship first and foremost with you and then with other people. We belong to you, God, but you also created us to belong to a body. You created us to have a place to fulfill a role that's important in the body. We're not alone. We're not an island, but we have a place where we belong, where we're a member, where we can connect and we can serve a purpose together corporately in your kingdom. We have a, a, a job to fulfill in your kingdom. Our lives matter and can make a difference. God, I pray that you would speak to every heart. I pray that you would speak to every life. Lord, I, I pray that today people would walk out of here with a resolve, a greater commitment of I want to belong to God. 
My life is going to be lived in light of the fact that I belong to God. My faith is going to be what guides me in my decisions in my life. My, my relationship with you is first and foremost. And then God, the people would walk out of here saying, I need a place to belong. I need a home address. I need a place where I can unpack. I need a place where I can connect. I need relationships. I need life-giving community that's going to encourage me, that's going to walk alongside me and build me up in the good times. It's going to encourage me and speak life to me in life's lowest moments, that they're going to do life together with me and pray for me when I need prayer. God, I need a place to belong. So God, I know that there's people here today that are longing for belonging. They're longing for something. They're longing for something that matters to be a part of something bigger than themselves. God, would they find it in that place that you created them for, in a community that you created them for? Lord, I pray for this church that we would be a welcoming church. We would be a church where people feel like they can belong where we would create space for new people to come alongside and be a part of what you're building here. What you're doing in New Life Church is bigger than me. It's bigger than just a select group of people. Lord, you have a plan to reach this community and create a place of belonging for so many. So Lord, help us to steward what you've entrusted to us well. We thank you that this is not our church, but this is your church. That our family is not our family, but it is your family. That our lives do not belong simply to us. That we are not an island to ourselves and in control of our lives, but we surrender control of our lives to you, God. And would you have your way? We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And now I want to pray a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace.